Well, hello, listeners. Tommy Grisafi with the Ag Bull Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Talking drain tile today with Derek, a.k.a. Spike Ellingson from Ellingson Drain Tile. As a farmer once said, there's two types of pieces of ground in the Red River Valley, those that are tiled and the majority of the others that need it. One other farmer said, tile makes me smile. Well, let's learn more about tile as we enjoy this episode. And of course, to you, the listener, thanks for listening. Are you listening on Apple? Spotify, have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? This particular episode is available on YouTube. And as always, send me questions and comments to flags, F-L-A-G-S, at agbull.com. We have a website, www.agbull.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Agbull Podcast. This podcast is filmed in beautiful downtown Mayville, North Dakota. This podcast will be available via YouTube, and of course, anywhere you can hear podcasts. The special guest today is Mr. Spike Derek Ellingson. I, I know him as only Spike. One time I had, actually had to uh, ask someone, what's what's his first name? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Tommy. So you came down here about a half hour ago, and you're like, I, I you really didn't know there was cameras. No, I really didn't know there's cameras. I really just thought it was a podcast that would well, be a it is voiceover. A podcast. Yeah, it's a video podcast. Well, that's the part that I didn't wasn't aware of, but it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. I think I'm built for film. We got we're good. You, you <laughs> and I are built for film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God. Well, you go. Yeah. I'm, what do you mean we're filming? I asked uh, our prior guest, "Do you need any makeup?" He's like, "You wear makeup?" I go, "Absolutely." <laughs> He goes, I'm going to take a pass. You got to look good. Good luck. Good luck looking like that. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Spike. Yeah, I, uh, thanks. I think I met you about four years ago at a, uh, uh, in Fargo at the USDA Ag Secretary was in town, Sonny Purdue. Yep. I believe that's right. We went to B-dubs. We did. And, uh. You brought some friends. We had some friends. It was good. You and I split the bill. Yep. For a bunch of people who probably don't remember who paid the bill, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I asked uh, where you worked or something. You said Ellingson. Then you gave me your card, and your name said Derek Ellingson. I go, isn't that cute? They they put your name on the <laughs> card of the company you work at, and you uh, laugh. Yeah. But uh, I think you uh, you and your family have a wonderful wonderful story, and your if if. People are up in North Dakota, Minnesota, other states. They there's a good chance they've heard of your company and who you guys are. Yeah, you know they have. It's we're blessed. That's what I like to say. We yeah. are absolutely blessed. It's been fun. It's it's been a lot of fun to be honest with you to be a part of this third generation company that my grandfather started. So, um, you know, some people know the story. Some people yeah, don't know the story. Well, we I know you. Time. I know you love the story. The only so. thing. Uh, stopping us is that after this you're zipping up for a birthday party and you gotta put your trunks on and you're going to the water park i do i do my youngest is turning seven so we're happy gonna birthday go. you have to show her this and be like look at look yeah at dad for sure i will You'd be like does the camera make dad look healthier yeah <laughs> <laughs> it only so, adds 30 yeah, but uh exactly tell us the story from the beginning of how uh ellingson drain tile yeah. started no it's it's a, it's a fun story so my grandparents grew up in northern Iowa, and in uh, 1960, they decided they wanted to leave the farm. Uh, we were farmers, 
and they moved up to southern Minnesota. So my grandpa looked around, looked to try and find where he could find some a piece of ground that he could so-called homestead, and landed in Dodge County. And uh, Dodge County is just out is a uh, it's one of the smallest counties in in uh, Minnesota, but um, had a lot of tillable farmland, pasture ground, but it was affordable. So that's why they landed there. Um, my grandfather Eldon, he's he's the one that bought the, bought the home farm and uh, started, uh, you know, looking at it and going, all right, we got to we got to turn this stuff over, we got to turn it black. So we got out there and turned it black, and he's like, my lord, this stuff is wet. <laughs> and he's like, how do these people farm up here in this and county? Year one or the fifth year, yeah, like year one, year oh, okay. one. I mean, he had to go right into it. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, we were obviously coming out of northern Iowa. We all we knew about drain tile, so. We knew it existed. We knew the benefits it of it. Real tile. It would have been clay tile, concrete mm-hmm. tile. Yeah, so it would have been in that era. Plastic was nineteen seventy. Was some of the first plastic tile mm-hmm. ever. And uh, he said, "I can put some drain tile on this farm if we're going to try and farm this thing." And there was one guy in the area that uh, installed drain tile, so he hired him, and he finally made it there. And of course, he shows up, and he's got half a staff and needed diesel fuel and all of the above. So he helped him out and. Got all done. He says, "Man, you're you're pretty good hand." He says, "You know, would you ever entertain helping us out?" And sure. So uh, over the course of them them following years in the '60s, uh, Grandpa helped him out and kind of got to the point where my dad was graduating from high school and says, "Why don't why don't we try this on our own?" So 1970 is when Ellingson Drainage Incorporated and became a thing, and that's when it all started. And that was right at the transition of concrete tile to uh, to plastic tile. And uh, I got pictures, I've seen pictures of my grandma right down there, kicking them down the chute, you know, they, they were kicking them concrete tile together. So obviously for plastic tile to come about in 1970 was, was a game changer to the industry. And, uh, you know, here we are in 20. How much labor, how much more labor is it to do? If you, is anyone using traditional <clears throat> tile anymore? They are. Okay. They're still out there. There's still some guys that are still They're wheeling it, it in. old and, school? Yeah, I wouldn't say that anybody's probably kicking it old school, but there's still guys that have they've, they've, uh, integrated the plastic and accepted that, but they're still wheeling in. And obviously the production rate is what is really the difference mm-hmm. um, from the friction plowing and how we install it today and the amount of footage we can do today versus what they could do back then um, is, there's, you know, obviously um, is what's been the changer. You know, I've got the opportunity to look at some old cue cards, you know, that my dad used to sell off of, and the prices aren't much different. You know, the... Materials were much cheaper back then, but the labor was obviously much more because mm-hmm. they just couldn't go near as fast and could only get X amount of feet in per day. So uh, today, you know, obviously we uh, we're you know technology, right? Technology's mm-hmm. been a, a game changer for I mean, you. It. Know where you are on that field within what a thirty second of an inch, a sixty. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, everything's down to you know with GPS and everything today. I mean, you have to be. I mean, especially up here in this Red River Valley, mm-hmm. it's so flat. You know, the average slope on a tile appears about a tenth per hundred feet. So you think about that, a, a tenth of a foot per hundred feet. Yeah, if you all let that a, thing a marble go, it's not rolling anywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's rolling. The water's moving. It works. It's it's proven, but <laughs> it's pretty flat. Right. Yeah. So. so you guys celebrated your 50th anniversary. That kind of got spoiled a little bit, all the celebrations by COVID and whatnot. But uh, uh, that was interesting. I had the chance to go out to corporate headquarters. Corporate headquarters are... West Concord, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're down by Wotan and Rochester. That is the home base. Um, that's where the, my grandfather 
landed is, mm-hmm. is is in West Concord, just outside of there, and that's where the shop is. Um, it's a new shop, so we, we weren't on the farm anymore, just on the south side of town. And then in uh, 2000 is when uh, Roger seen the vision to come up here to the Red River Valley, and uh, he landed up here. Yeah. And uh, what do you think, uh, we're in, I'm checking, we're 2022. What's changed in the last 22 years up here? Well, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, that people are obviously accepting that drain tile is a very key part of, of the farm and that they need it to, you know, help reduce their risk. Um, but as I, days go on, there's a lot of days that we still have to educate. We're still fighting some water boards. We're still changing. There's still a lot of people that, you know, have these, you know, visions that, you know, drain tile increases flooding. Um, you know, there's a saying that Mark Twain always said that, you know, water's for fighting over and whiskey's for drinking. And I like to use that a lot because I can tell you I've seen more fights over water. Oh, absolutely, by, yeah. You know, 20, I didn't understand that when I came up here. 22 years. But I'd hear someone say, they're they're draining into me. I'm yeah. like, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, no, they'll, there's some serious... Uh, and it's a fractional amount of water. I mean, what most people don't understand is the amount of water coming out of that, you know, lift stations or what mm-hmm. most people see, gravity outlets, they don't see. Um, but, you know, we're talking about a quarter of land, 1,200 gallons a minute is what's coming out of that thing. It's it's a fraction of what races down that ditch when it rains and off of a field and mm-hmm. into the, you know, Red River where it ultimately ends up. So Grandpa starts it uh, by a need. And when I flew out there with you guys for the, 50th anniversary, I had asked your father, Roger, is this good dirt? He's like, oh, yeah, Tommy, it's real good dirt. But it wasn't when we came here. Mm-hmm. So when I think of that area in Minnesota, I think of totally great fertile dirt. But if you can't get anything in and you can't get in and get out, you're, you got great dirt that's becoming unproductive due to Mother Nature. That's right. You know, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of great dirt in the nation to farm. And, you know, one of the biggest hindrances and and risk is water, too much water. How do you remove that? And when you can take the water out of the soil profile, you can start focusing on the other things that can help provide bushels, right? Tommy loves bushels. I'm in the bushel <laughs> business, yeah. And you know, the drought monitor, uh, this podcast being filmed in the middle of October, but the drought monitor map came out today and three quarters of the country's in a drought. That's today. Now, what's the saying you say about a drought? It takes, <laughs> you know, this is this this saying is it's great and and really at the end of the day it's you know it just makes you step back and take a look but you know we had a guy that used to work for us and he always said he goes it, it takes weeks and months to get dry and it takes overnight to get wet and if that ain't more true I mean I don't know when that you happened can... in this state look at how how bad of a drought we had in what twenty one mm-hmm. and in twenty two we were planting soybeans still on the twentieth of June of which by the way did okay now I'll sell a little tile for you <laughs> my clients up here just uh, south. We're in Mayville, North Dakota, but just south of Mayville in that uh, Galesburg area. Those clients who had tile were in two to three weeks before other clients. Mm-hmm. And when commodities are as high as they are now, which we didn't know was going to happen. No one was, Tommy Grisafi wasn't running around North Dakota saying, you better get tiled three years ago because commodities are going to double mm-hmm. and there's going to be a pandemic and there's going to be a war and Putin. Nobody said anything like that, but all that did happen. Mm-hmm. So now the price of the commodities doubled. And the ability to, these are years when you have bushels that can, these are life-changing years. And the old the old complaint I used to hear was it's expensive. But if tile costs, you know, X to plant 
and your land value went up 3x, mm-hmm. I imagine as we filmed today in the First Bank Studios, which you <laughs> had no idea why you had to come down here to do a vocal <laughs> podcast, you're like, I could call you for myself. Um, they would give you all the money you needed to tile. So money, I'm not going to listen to that answer anymore that there's no money mm-hmm. in ag to tile. Right. No, I mean, when we first came up to the River Valley in 2000, I can remember my dad, you know, what you'd ask him, you know, what is, you know, what are the things you're facing? Like, what are the hard things, right? And one of the hardest things was, you know, when you try and come out and sell a $500 an acre system, and that's about what it was probably back in, you know, 2000, you know, $500, $800. And, you know, how many times people told us, well, I'll just buy another quarter of land. That's all I, you know, I paid less than that for the land. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for people to wrap their head around that. And, uh, but now fast forward 22 years and you know how many times I've been told I should have just tiled it all. Mm-hmm. Right. Can we, uh, yes. <laughs> and I've seen that and I have a, a client who's now taken over for a family, uh, his family and, and, the the father, the father-in-law had been tiling a friend in, of yours and client of, uh, you guys, good mm-hmm. client of yours. I think they, you know, say they tile a, a quarter every, uh, every year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we giggle when he's done with harvest and everyone's still going. When he he'll be planted and at the lake, and people still aren't sometimes in the field. And these are fields across from him. Yeah, he goes. You think they would know? Uh, it'd be like someone getting A's and someone getting D's and F's, and we all had access to the same information. Yeah. You're like, you think they would care? But uh, I don't know. It's an education process. It is, and it's real, and it still exists. I mean, there's still education that needs to be done. We need to do these podcasts. We need to talk. We need to, you know, have test plots. We need to have projects, right? We need to we need to continue to show the, uh, you know, not only the Red River Valley, but the rest of the world. And, and the rest of the world, they're seeing it. These waters, these problems exist everywhere. You and I talked about that off the air. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because I had asked you, uh, I was driving to work, and you were working. Yeah. And I said, uh, are they tiling all over the world? You said some really interesting things. Touch on those. Yeah, you know, and they are, but they aren't. They want to. And, you know, it's it's always really hard to sit right here where there's just thousands of acres and plenty of stuff to do. But um, obviously, you know, I look at it from two sides of the coin. We've been fortunate enough to obviously grow this business to be the nation's largest drain tile installer in the nation. Very blessed to have the team, the support, the staff to be able to do that. Um, but you know, I have a 10 year work visa to China, you know, they've asked us to come over there and teach them how to tile now. Um, do I have intentions? No, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, did I go? Yeah, I went right. Cause I want to learn, I want to learn about the rest of the, the world and how things are, are done over there. Um, we've been down to South America, looked at projects and consulted. I'm, you know, as of this morning, I'm talking to some people in Colombia that want to know if water management will work on a 1600 acre block down there. Um, Mexico, they, these problems are everywhere. They exist everywhere. And then, you know, not even outside that, but here locally, I mean, we've tiled in the Carolinas, we've tiled in all Texas. the I states, Texas, we've done a bunch in Texas, California, um, you know, Kansas, um, we've been all over and put projects in and, and these guys are seeing, you know, great results. Um, so, and, and some are for different reasons, you know, we, we don't, you know, it's wet. But then there's also salts, and that's another benefit of drain mm-hmm. tile that we can lead into are the whole salts issue. And they they're it, they exist, and they're real, and they exist right here in the Red River Valley. Do people in the I-States have salts issues? No. Or that's I don't. That's no. not something from home that I hear talked about a lot. No, it's, you know, the Red River Valley being a lake bottom, 
Obviously, we have salts in the soils here. Um, there's soils that are deemed salty, you know, that there's saline present in them. There's bearden and there's bearden saline. So they're two same soil, just, you know, you got to get the salts out of them. And hmm. uh, the drain tile's been a, had a lot of success in helping do that, flushing that out, reviving that soil for them. Mm-hmm. And what's the, if someone wanted to put in tile, the uh, timing of it all. How do you not go plant an expensive crop to uh, tile? So up here we have a, a short window to farm. That's one. We have great dirt, yeah. right? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, I tell guys it's, you know, there's a lot of wheat, a lot of small grains still mm-hmm. up here. Um, I tell most of our customers, if you know, if they plant small grains, we'll guarantee it's going to get done. And canola, wheat. Yep. You plant in your, your canola, your wheat, um, your Flax, different small. Oats, yeah, anything that's going to get harvested get in, get sooner. Get so you didn't not have a crop. You may not have had corn. May not have had beans, and and some of them commodities have been great these last mm-hmm. few years. That there's been a better, lot of money, no, made. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sunflowers. It's kind of been a win-win. Yeah, yeah. But those those are just coming out. I think. Yeah, they're no, not. They are. Sunflowers are late. You know, they're yeah, like okay. corn. So, but um, you know, that's always the thing. You know, there's only so much time, and obviously, we got the same window as the farmer to to put that in. So, anytime that that we, that can help, you know, it's always helps us, and we can try and get as many acres done as possible, and. uh Keep everybody happy. Like with every other great American company right now, labor's probably a problem. Labor's a problem. Yeah. I mean, if it's I mean, a problem at TGI Fridays, it's a problem at Ellington. We're very blessed. Um, you know, we've got some hurdles in front of us. Um, we're we're doing okay. We're we're getting by. You know, we never ever get the uh the bench full. <laughs> we never have any bread strength. We're playing with uh, eight players. Yeah, we're playing with eight players. But um, you know, there's been some hurdles. Obviously, the diversion, you know, is a little bit bothersome and what happens there and Talk some about of the that wages. A bit if you want. Well, the diversion, obviously, it's, um, you know, longer overdue that um, these guys have been working hard to try and get it done. But, you know, now that that thing's actually kicked off, um, you know, the these guys need to get it done in a quick hurry. And the um, sooner they get it done, you know, they their money comes to them. And, you know, a lot of people probably don't understand, but half of that thing's getting paid for up front, and the other half they had to carry as a contractor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a, there's a big incentive for them to get it done and what it costs them. So... Um, wages, unfortunately, you know, they have, they have the opportunity to raise them and, you know, maybe be $10 an hour or so more above, um, what maybe the industry averages and, you know, scares us. Um, so sure. far we haven't lost anybody. All right. Knock on wood to, yeah, uh, to the diversion, but, um, how big of a project is that this, we're talking the Fargo oh, diversion, yeah, right? Cause yeah. there's people a couple billion this, dollars, yeah. driving, mm-hmm. listening, watching. They're like, what are they talking about? Yeah. The Fargo. Moving a lot of dirt, right. Mm-hmm. But digging a channel around Fargo to divert the Red River and, and, uh. What would happen know, if they didn't do that? What would happen if they didn't do it? Well, obviously you can, you can see the years of flooding that's taken place in the downtown Fargo area. Um, but, you know, we always like to say that if we could just tile everything, you know, we would create a massive sponge and, you know, some people say, well, it's frozen. Well, frozen ground is proven. They've done studies in NDC mm-hmm. that it takes water, it takes more than, than, uh, saturated soil. So, but, uh. You know, it just need, it needed to get done. Obviously, it's a safety blanket for the city of Fargo for them to continue to grow. Um, there's a lot of pros and cons to it. A lot of people weren't for it. A lot of people are for it. Um, but is it, what is it is happening. It's, it's going happening. to happen. If you travel up and down I-29 down the corridor, obviously you'll see Southtown. They're moving interstate, moving, mm-hmm. building bridges. Come north of town, yeah, and they're that. they're yep. excavating okay. north of town now, just on the uh, east side of the river. So just uh, just by Argusville. So Argusville, I believe, will be just outside of the diversion. I don't think people realize outside of uh, Fargo, and uh, we meet people from all over now, just starting these episodes, but they 
I think they think Fargo's a little town that's sleepy, and mm-hmm. it ain't sleeping. No, Fargo it's ain't booming. sleeping at all. You know, I don't know what the population is total. I think it's about two hundred thousand total. I with think. Fargo and West Fargo, yes, and so Moorhead. Call Fargo yeah. one. To, oh, with Moorhead, even more than yeah. You're so, in the you're in the quarter million. A lot of big right? business. I mean, I, there's, a, there's a lot of really cool things happening right now. I had the uh, opportunity to join the um, Grand Farm announcement yesterday. Oh, yes, yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, technology, obviously. What is, is Grand Farm? So Grand Farm is it's a block of ground that it's a group that was it started that, you know, basically with a vision that, you know, they want to continue to progress ag forward um, with also autonomous, right? So they want to be able to have, you know, unmanned tractors and different piece of equipment out there and drones and different things. So this will be a playground for all these tech companies to come in and, and work on trying to progress ag forward, right? Not only do we have a problem, obviously, with labor, you know, the farmer is suffering. It feels like even more this year. I've heard more farmers of, you know, 70-year-old men that have just decided not to run tractor more anymore are really struggling to try mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get the crops off. And, you know, obviously, it's been a great fall. So they're all, I, have, I think a lot of them are getting by. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just, uh, you know, got to get that grain off the field. You got to get it into the thing. And if you're farming beets, obviously beets at a whole nother level of, mm-hmm. of labor. So um, I think, you know, everything that's there, I think, you know, everybody's got to support it to move forward. I mean, I know us at Ellingson, you know, we, we support technology. We took our own oath here a few years ago and um, we said that we want X percentage of our revenue to come from new, from technology. So um, a lot of people don't realize this. <laughs> I, yeah, please. <laughs> but so this will catch people off guard. Know, we we have a staff of developers and a team, uh, offshore team that's been developing. We are currently writing an app that will go to market here in 2023, um, and we're tied right in with John Deere. And you know what we're doing is we're going to come f- to the market with the first ever water management tool, and that a farmer is going to be able to make app field decisions with the data that they have and we can overlay soils tile maps egg uh, yield maps and these guys are going to be able to see you know what is happening at the ground level um we'll take that a couple step farther right we're already controlling you know our lift stations with our phones but what are the next things that we're seeing right soil moisture probes you know how can we automatically turn that pump on and off right how do we retain that moisture in the soil so um, we're, we're forward looking, right? We're looking forward all the time. We got a staff of people working on this stuff, trying to, uh, you know, continue to, at the end of the day, make decisions that will benefit and put more money back in the farmer's pocket for them. And, uh, we're excited about it. Obviously we've kind of kept it under our hat. We've, uh, we've got a select few of farmers that are on the beta development team for it. And, um, you know, it's going to be a tool we hope that they can not live without you know, and all this is to grow the bushel. This is all to grow a bushel. So in your mind, mm-hmm. if uh, we have a lot of people to feed in the world, as Ukraine got knocked out, I, uh, you, it sounds horrible to say, but Ukraine war was, uh, it's, it's just a, what it's done to the American farmer, particularly the North Dakota farmer, mm-hmm. because we can grow all those things they were famous for growing. Sunflower, sun, obviously make sunflower oil, canola and canola oil, uh, corn, beans. They're not a big bean grower, but... Uh, they're not. You know, they're knocked out, and we're open for business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just happened. I mean, it's it's not to it's not to brag about, or it just well, happened. It's, we it's real. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. I mean, Billy I, Joel I was... had that song. I didn't start. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> I didn't start the fire. Uh, you want me to sing it? 
take a you want, I did all this it. was karaoke. Karaoke? Karaoke or is it karaoke? Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we didn't start the fire. We just happened to be another place in the world that can grow those things. I mean, I know today um, it, that this is real, that there's a crisis, that there's a food shortage, that I do know that you can go in today and apply to have your CRP terminated early if it qualifies. Okay. So if if the government is allowing, you know, our American farmer to, you know, tear their contract up on their CRP, I mean, to me that tells me, I mean, it's it's real. It's here. Mm-hmm. Right? And then what they want to do in biofuels. They want to do biofuels, yep. Yeah, there's some uh, wild things happening there. There is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting all the things up here, and we just happen to be able to grow all those things. We fit into the Ukraine profile if we're going to need extra soybean acres. Um, yeah, it's all the above. It is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really, you know, I forget what they say, you know, what the American farmer fed back in the 60s and what an American farmer feeds today, I think 100 and some yeah. mouths, you know. Yeah, it um, went from like 50 to it's getting close up to 175, 200. Yeah. Depending on how you, uh, heck, we even grow all those products that are used. I always talk about on shows I'm on about how uh, Beyond Beef stocks it again today at new 52-week lows, but don't want to bash our uh, lentil farmers or pea farmers up here. They, uh, they're they yeah. providing all 18 ingredients for edible burgers. And uh, myself and yourself, unless you're going to hit us with the surprise that you're a vegetarian or something. But, no, uh, I don't, do I look like a vegetarian? No, no but just, just covering all bases. So I didn't want them to have to do a lot of editing. Yeah, wonderful opportunity up here. I'm definitely bullish, uh, bullish North Dakota and bullish what's going on. Tell us about the other part of Ellingson, the company that... Uh, uh, when we were at, uh, sure. Uh, we same same day. You yeah. When you get a chance to visit West Concord, uh, not that day, but when Sunny Purdue was in, when oh. we stepped outside, when we we're at uh, Peterson. Seat. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we do this. I'm like, what yeah. are you talking about? Sure. That I was like, what are you talking about? No. Um. So yeah, the company, like I say, we we've we've obviously had the great opportunity to um, diversify, and we know we need to diversify just because of the simple fact that. You know, it started out with drain tile, right? That, that's all we did. We farmed and we installed drain tile. And then we quit. We didn't quit farming, but we we just focused on the drain tile. And we had guys that we had to keep busy, right? So it started out where we were like, oh, we'll put septic systems in. So we started putting septic systems Makes in. Makes sense. Right? Dig a hole, put a tank. Summertime work, mm-hmm. right? We can do this. We got backhoes, right? Mm-hmm. So then from there, it's like, okay, what can we do next? So the next thing you know, we're looking at, you know, we're just on the cuffs of, you know, some of the lake areas. So we were up by Fairbolt. And they were going to put in a low-pressure cluster sewer system. I'm like, well, we can, that's a great job to build during during the summertime, right? We'll buy a directional drill. We'll get into the directional drilling. This was back in the late 90s. Um, from there, so 2000 was probably really when we started to look harder at different things that we could do to keep our guys busy. We bought a lining equipment. We started lining sewer pipes, homes, right? And fast forward to today. You know, we're sitting with like 425 people, I think was on the HR report the other mm-hmm. day. Um, we have a union and non-union division of Ellingson. So we do play in the oil, gas, fee and divisions um, with our union guys and our non-union guys. Um, we do directional drilling. We line pipes. So we do a lot of um, small diameter commercial work for big customers like Miller Coors, um, Nestle, different people like that going into factories and fixing pipes, rehabbing pipes. Um, we uh, we also do 
Uh, we have a utility division that's national, and we have a non-national utility like division. Like what happened here in Mayville where we got natural gas? Uh, well, that's we do have a division that does that. That's on our union like side. Like a big but pipe gets dropped off eight miles down the road, but then you got to get it. To our everyone. utility divisions are doing more to support the wind and solar. So we're okay. plowing cable with our tile plows, doing that kind of work, putting taking our directional drills and punching underneath roads and all that good stuff. Um, we also had an opportunity to buy an environmental company. So they're based out of Pennsylvania is where they're officed out of, but they, um, we have um, patented technology that we can actually drill down into an aquifer and knock off and then stream out back, you know, a thousand feet of, of perforated pipe and basically reestablish it. So we use it for different things. So we'll do like coal ash radiation. Mm-hmm. So we'll actually put it underneath there and decontaminate. And we'll also take and we'll put it into aquifers so we can get more gallons per minute because the aquifer is probably too shallow. So that's like an instance how we would use it. Mm-hmm. We would hit the aquifer, we would shoot out like a thousand feet, and we'd knock off and we'd bring bring back, and we we would leave a pipe underground so they can hook on and suck water out of there. So, did Grandpa get to see any of this stuff? He's seen a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, he we owned the company when he was still alive. Um, it was uh, you know, when my grandpa. You know, it was always always the thing. He was obviously very farm driven and egg driven. Whenever I'd go see my grandpa when he was in the nursing home, he, it was always, how you doing? You know, how many towel plows you running, right? <laughs> he was always curious. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the the family wasn't a real emotional family, but I could tell that through his questions, it was his way of, uh, you know, how proud he was of everybody, right? So, um, and you read between that. So it, it was a lot of fun, you know, when, when we, we did. And we got him up here. We got him up to the valley and, and he got to see the facility up here. So it was, it was cool that we could make that happen, but... That's really great. So, That's great. Yeah. So, but no, back to the other question you asked, you know, we, we were obviously blessed there. Um, we have the union and non-union on the union side. We have uh, our big drills that do the uh, pipeline work. So we're out on, you know, the different shale plays putting in pipeline. And then now we've started a gas distribution. So just like you touched on here in Mayville, mm-hmm. we go into communities and we'll put gas pipe into homes and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Energy is a hot topic. I, mean, oh. I remember a few years ago, farmers were able to uh, buy a propane tank, fill it up, and then the price went up the next few years. It paid for itself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that now, I mean, energies with, again, the war, <laughs> just incredible. It's uh, it's really expensive. Yeah, Agri- I don't it's even. It's expensive, the farm. What's propane today? I don't even know. I haven't even. You know, natural that. gas the last few weeks have come down a lot, a lot, a lot the last few weeks, but it was, it was really, really high. And, uh, you talk about drying costs. I have clients in that area where you originally were from Northeast Iowa mm-hmm. and they're like, well, our corn's 26%. We just kind of have to let it sit there. And they're acting like if they let it sit there, it'd be the end of the world. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes we're up North, we kind of get it in the spring before we start planting <laughs> and it'll be all right. You might be feeding the deer a little bit, but yeah. it's so expensive to dry it that they're like, well, we're going to start. But yeah, what is the moisture up here on the corn? I haven't even heard from these it's, guys. It's running well. It was uh, I was in a combine the other day in Mayville. We were I know the number. It was seventeen percent here 17%, in Mayville. Seventeen percent. So just yeah, just so they're passing the it through and putting it right in the bin. Yeah, put it in the bin. Put the fans on. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Some's going to town. Well, that's huge though. I mean, you know, you think oh, it's about a huge that. Cost I mean, wow. Wet corn could cost you fifty cents a bushel. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you didn't have to drive down—that's more profit for the farmer. And uh, the opportunities are just crazy. I. Uh, you know, a lot of clients, I don't know what they're going to do with this money, but they don't like paying taxes. So that's why I like talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, you could tile and uh, 
It's like, that's expensive. I'm like, just give it to the government. Yeah, we'll, we'll call them. <laughs> I mean, they, they hate to uh, pay taxes. So Yeah. And they can't buy equipment because we're out of equipment. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to prepay for everything. And fertilizer is expensive. That, that'll take care of some of the money. So yeah. the whole energy thing plays into all this. And so you're kind of of the uh, vision, Spike, that we're going to farm the best, ditch the rest. Um, no, I don't, I think you'll see some stuff maybe get ditched, but at the end of the day, um, you know, what can we do to make it better? Right. Cause it, what's it need? Right. Break it down. Does it need water? Does it need the water removed? Right. You know, them are the two major things. And we've been wet up here. We're going on like year 35, right? We've, we've been wet, right? There's been some years that everybody talks about, but then everything changed. Obviously 21 was horrible drought. That was not a wet year. But, you know, like I said, it, it happens quick. These guys, you know, get it. You know, a lot of guys, even even if it's droughty, I mean, we still get snow. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, I mean, there's always still a benefit in the spring for them guys to get in early. An incredible amount of crops have been lost to too much water up here. Absolutely. It's yeah. not even, never. there's no one who's going to argue with you about no, it. That's right. And I've never had a person tell me, you know, that, well, that tile hurt my crop yield, right? Right. So a lot of people are like, you know, is there times where maybe it didn't, do anything? Sure. Right. That it probably wouldn't have changed. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's not going to reduce any yield because it only removes the involuntary water. And that's what most people have to remember. Right. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, I had asked you earlier today when we we're driving to work, I said, anyone ever, have you ever in, installed tile in a quarter or a section and they asked you to remove it because it just wasn't? Because <laughs> in the restaurant business, I've had some food sent back and it was good food too. No. They just uh, wasn't up to, wasn't what they wanted. No, nobody ever has asked us to do that. You know, if there's anything that's ever happened is maybe um, you've something happens that you pick the wrong type of tile, right? Like maybe it should have had a micro slot, you know, versus a regular perf. And, you know, maybe something hampers it. But that that's all human error, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the soil is the soil. So if you do your due diligence, right, and you look at your soil maps and you, you know, if you need to core it, you core it. And you pick the right material, right? Am I going to put sock in for the sandy soil? Mm-hmm. Am I going to put in micro slot? Or am I going to do regular perf in the heavy clays, right? You, you, you ward that off. But if there's anything that's ever happened, that's happened, right? Like it's happened to all of us where you might plow through a vein of something you didn't know was out there, right? Mm-hmm. This is a lake bottom, right? You know, people got to remind people that this was, you know, glaciers, you know, how right. many years ago. Um, so, you know. You can the, definitely see where you leave the lake and you go to the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're driving out of the uh, lake bottom and you're heading mm-hmm. for the beach ridges, right? They talk about them. In in this soil compared to soils around the world, uh, one through ten could be how good. There's areas up here that are some of the best. And you get up by St. Thomas. I mean, there's just some darn nice soil that's out there. And there's soil. I mean, there's soil all over. I mean, that's really good. Pockets here. Oh there. yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's it's, it's they're all doing good. You know. It's not like it's bad if it was bad and didn't grow something, right? I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's you not the case. Put it in CRP or do something different. Yeah. There'd be cattle all over it, yeah, right? Yeah, right, exactly. When you start going out west and there's just cattle everywhere, that's right. not because it's 300 bushel corn ground. Right. If yeah. it was, they'd have it tilled up. Right, right. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the future's uh, interesting. Well, I got I to gotta take a little commercial break here, but you were talking about the food shortage. We have some food here from our good friends and our sponsor, Colorado Jack. All right. Yeah, so that's for you. You can keep that. Nice. And uh, give that to the kids. And uh, also, what we do during every podcast is we offer out 
flags, flags for farmers, uh, something that started by a, a client needing a flag, and I give them a flag, and I, I go, I like that idea. So people watching the show, if they get a hold of us, flags at com, we will send them a 3 by 5 American flag, and uh, F-L-A-G-S at com within the first two weeks of the episode <laughs> release, because we're starting to meet more people. Yep. And uh, people are watching. I've sent out flags to eight states and Canada. Nice. I don't know. People are finding us up in Canada, and uh, we'll do that. So I have a flag for you. We, uh, You can keep that. Give that to your daughter. Tell her happy birthday. I bought you a flag. <laughs> you can re-gift it. Um, thank you. You're welcome. The uh, And we, we thank the American farmer. I just think it's uh, – I know they love America, and what they do is they – I sent him a little note, tell him to click on us on all the social medias and apps and stuff. And I asked him to send a picture back. So I'm having people from all over the country who I've never met send back pictures with the flag. And uh, it's fun. So Ellington's Thanks. famous for having a big flag on 29. It's yep. currently uh, under construction. Yep, it is. Going to get that fixed. The cable broke, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I think they're at, they're at it today. It's a big flag. How big is it? 110 that? feet is a pole. Mm-hmm. And then the flag we fly... Either a thirty by fifty or forty by sixty. So I don't know if you just click on Amazon and get those. Like uh, you don't know. Right. No, it takes a pretty healthy budget to run that flag. That's year. what I've heard. Um, how many <laughs> flags do you go through on a windy year? Oh, six? No, not that many. Four, three to five. Okay. Just depends. If, well, if that they flag get shredded, rips, that's a sad day though. You're like, well, oh, we hem them. Okay. Oh yeah, they there's You're a the constant. Hammer? No, no, we take them into Fargo okay. and the, the big uh, tarp shop there hems them for me. So okay, but um. There's a rotation. It's it's up, you know, but boy, I tell you, it's a full-time job managing it. You know, we're not supposed to fly it when it's real windy. Well, I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, I think everybody look out the window and we know what state we live in. Mm-hmm. So. And then uh, obviously you have to have an app because we're going half staff, full staff. Uh, yep. You know, Queen died, bring it down. This one, old dignitaries. And yeah, we can't quite. We bring it just, you got to stay a little above half, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that flag touched the ground otherwise. It's, gotta, it's, so. gotta, that, it's that big, yeah. It's got to be lit. Yep, it's got to be lit. Yeah, it's yeah. impressive, though. You know, most yeah. people ask me, how big is that flag? I'm like, oh, 40 by 60. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, it's 2,400 square feet. Oh, okay, I don't seem that big. I go, well, I could cover your whole house with it. <laughs> you could. Like, <laughs> they uh, like, oh. Yeah, like uh, uh, they're going to, so they have, it's like the giant version. It's a flag version of what's going on in Fort Myers and everything down there, blue tarp uh, yeah. roofs everywhere. Well, Tommy, I'll tell you what, I appreciate this flag. You know what I'm going to do with this flag? Yeah. Just for you? Yeah. I'm going to give it to one of my crews. Yeah. And we're going to put it on a pole, and I'm okay. going to fly it above one of my tile plows for you, and we'll get you a picture, and we'll get that, that thing awesome. close on I social media. I thought you were ending the show. No, I'm not. Tommy, I appreciate it. <laughs> I thought you were going to the water park. <laughs> no. Like, all right, everybody, that was Derek Spike Ellingson, no. and he took his we'll popcorn cool and his picture. flag, and yeah. he, <laughs> he had his suit on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. What else would you like to talk about? We can talk about anything. I think we uh, – is there any – controversial things with Taya well, with the ducks, the birds. There's the... always controversial, you know. Um, you know, I'd have to say probably the most controversial thing is obviously federal wetland needs and cetera out we'll there. Talk about that because I don't understand that. So obviously years ago, um, federal government had people come around and, and buy wet spots on the farm. Sound like a great deal, right? Guy didn't have mm-hmm. much going on. I ain't farming it. So why not sell it to him? But uh, the repercussions of that today Obviously, they're very devastating to to the farmer. Um, he's handcuffed. You know, there's ways that you can, you know, drain a few, some wetlands if you want. 
you can mitigate, right? So you can drain them and, and move that wetland and build one somewhere. But when there's a fish and wildlife easement on it, you can't do nothing with it. You're okay. handcuffed, tied up, you ain't doing nothing. So um, we've been working hard to try and establish them. Um, the record keeping wasn't the best, right? Nobody's like, well, I've got 7.5 acres of uh, federal, you know, easements on your farm. Okay, where are they, right? So um, we, we as an organization have worked pretty hard to work alongside of, you know, the senators and stuff to try and push the government to try and you know, come up with a plan on how they can at least identify them. So at least that the landowner knows what's, you know, where are they at out there so we can try and uh, be good stewards and, and not disrupt. So, um, so that's probably, that's probably one of the, one of the hot topics that exists out there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, governmental, um, you know, overreach is, is obviously still, uh, is a real thing, right? Um, the different, you know, WOTUS and the stuff that goes on there from the waters of the U.S. Mm -hmm. is, it's real. Um, so we're, we're continually keeping our finger on the pulse there. Um, you know, it's been many years of, of battles in Bismarck to try and, uh, get this water law straightened out and, uh, get to the point where these guys, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's going to make a decision to hurt anybody. And that's what I think everybody needs to remember. You know, the, the, the Red River Valley farmer is not, or any farmer, so-called in the North Dakota, is not going to just pile drive water across the neighbor's farm, right? It's going into mm -hmm. a ditch somewhere where it runs when it rains, right? It's not, I see guys spend thousands of dollars to move their lift stations to put it into the right, you know, uh, tributary where it should go, uh, even though maybe it doesn't run that way, right? It costs them more money to reverse drain it. So um, at the end of the day, most of these guys, it's, you know, that's not happening. There's always... Um, you know, two parts, someone that doesn't understand it, or there's professional jealousy that seems to play a part in mm -hmm. it at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, we've tried to help um, lead that forward and keep the watersheds. You know, one of the problems that exists in the state of North Dakota is that we manage our watersheds at a county level. We don't manage okay. them at a actual watershed level. You know, I think there's maybe... That's why these guys, when they say I'm on the county water board, it's a big deal. Well, right, you know, and, you know, the county water boards, them are appointed positions from for for them positions. And, you know, at the end of the day, Tommy, we should probably be on them. <laughs> but, you know, what are we doing? We're, we're working. It's, you know, we hardly have time. We're, you know, myself mm -hmm. chasing young kids, steal your, you know, college, whatever, you know, with your children. But um, the people that end on them, you know, some of them are good. Some of them, them members are, are uh, just doing it because they were asked, right? But, um it is what it is today, you know, you know, to, to try and change something like that would be a pretty big undertaking. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's really maybe, you know, I've always had a vision that the Red River Valley should be managed by, you know, one governing group, but, you know, maybe a couple of regional, you know, an office in Grand Forks and an office in Fargo, and maybe there's a satellite office, but it, it's measured right. more holistically, right? And you also go meet on the national level, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. Do they do. listen? Mm, yeah, they did. It depends. <laughs> Never know who's watching. That's okay. right. Hey, a uh, couple questions I wrote down. Uh, number one, most unique job you've ever tiled. Like the the so, tell the listeners who are listening and watching. Like, all right, I got one for you. We once tiled this. <laughs> we once tiled this. Oh man, that's a that's a good question. You should have prepped me for this. I could have tried and thought of. I'll one. give you another question while while all we're right. doing that. Okay. Our friend has a uh, podcast. There, do you listen to any podcasts? Yeah, I do. I when I travel, I try to. You know? Okay. Uh, our friend Jamie has the uh, the water table, mm -hmm. which so you're it's Tommy Grisafi and Spike Ellington. I don't farm. 
I don't own ground. I listen to almost every episode mm-hmm. of The Water Table, and I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're good enough friends with them. What, what's his, what's he doing over there? I've been on the show. You've been on the show. Yeah. He's educating people, right? At the end of the day, that's all it is. You know, I can tell you that the real motive behind the water table is to educate people. That's it. Educate people. How do you tell the story? How do you bring these people on? Talk about water. Obviously, it's a water-focused podcast, but that's all it is. And, you know, it's telling the story, right? And, and what line of work is Jamie in? Uh, Jamie and his family, they, they, they have a construction company called Dunnick Corporations, but then they also own Princo, And Princo's, you know, one of the nation's largest manufacturers. Um, Black tile with the yellow stripe. You got it. Yep. They've got a facility down in uh, Fargo there. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have facilities all over, um, you know, the Midwest, California. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the real motive of, of Jamie's podcast is just to tell the story and, and get people on just like you and I and talk about things and, and uh, the traction that you get, it's just unbelievable. It's so easy today to be able to access, you know, things via, you know, your phone that, right. uh, you know, you like you said, we got guys in Canada, you know, yeah, listening. I saw something on Twitter yesterday about, I don't know the number. It was a big number. Uh, how many people in the world? Seven trillion. I think it was like three or four trillion have I don't want to give a bad number, but the amount of people who have access to a phone that's more powerful than any computer you and I had as a kid, mm-hmm. it's the world's went mobile. It is. And whether it be a, I, I had to shut my phone off for this episode because the episode before, like I'll just put it over there and it rang and it texted and someone, my wife or kids or someone spent something on Capital One and then it doesn't <laughs> stop. I mean, there's always notification yeah. no it's and, it's good and it's bad i mean at the end of the day it's it's uh it's real easy to get the message out there but um but when we're talking about technology spike this is still as simple as there's a piece of ground mm-hmm. there's dirt mm-hmm. there's either too much water and not enough yep and we can handle the too much yep and if it's not enough then here's the number to the well guy well, right. Obviously, North Dakota owns all the water, so they do regulate it quite heavily. Um, but at the end of the day, it ain't going to hurt you. Put mm-hmm. it in the ground. How do you reduce risk? Here's one of the number one ways to reduce risk. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, industry. Before I had ever met you guys and your family, I once spent the night at a hotel. I was driving from Indiana up here. I was at a hotel in Minnesota, and the hotel was full of people. I was probably not far from uh, corporate headquarters or something, but there was a lot of people. I'm like, Went to the bar, had something to eat, and got a drink when I got in town. I'm like, what do you guys do? And they're like, we work at a drain tile company. I had no clue what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, but it's no different than tile that comes off my gutter, yeah. where it's like, here, there's four foot. Of, you want that tile there so you don't get water in your basement. It's yeah. that simple. We want the water to go down the road a little bit. And yeah, it's uh, it's a small world. We come full circle. It is. Where do you see, uh, you guys been doing this 50, 52 years? it's a hard question, but mm-hmm. think you'll be around in 50 years? I hope the so. Business. Yeah. No, I hope so. I mean, obviously, uh, will I be around in 50 years? Maybe. You know, I'll be in my 90s, but... <laughs> will the business be here? Uh, yeah, I think the business is going to be here. I mean, this business is, you know, I got kids, you know, whether or not my kids will work in the business, I don't know. But, um, you know, who knows? You know, maybe your employees will own it someday. I have no idea, you know, where the where that takes us. But um, at the end of the day, um, 
it's never going to go away. You know, we're never going to get the Red River Valley tiled. You know, we're never going to get all the land tiled. Do you know what percent of the Red River Valley is tiled, if you had to guess? If I was to guess, maybe 6%. Okay. You know. So we have um, some work to do. Yeah, I think there's, what, 9 million acres in the Red River Valley? That's their company, you know, so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of work to do. And when you were a kid, you didn't say, you know what, when I get older, I'm going to move to Fargo. How'd that happen? No. uh, I came to Fargo, helped work Big Iron. Um, My dad was traveling back and forth up here. So it was in about 2008. Oh, okay. So we built our shop in eight. So we had a brand new facility along the interstate. And I stopped in there and just, you know, I wanted to check it out because I was doing sales in southern Minnesota. That was my role down there. I basically, um, 2000, I came to work for the family. I worked in the field for, I don't know, two, three years probably. And my dad said, I got to, you know, I got to work on the business here, so I can't do these sales things. So he asked me to, if I'd be interested in and taking your brother's sales. involved in the business also. Yeah, my brother's involved in the business. So he'll watch the episode and be like, you guys didn't mention me once. Yeah. Great job. No, my brother, you know, he's he's a great partner in the business here. Um, You know, I stay, you know, egg side, you know, he's the utility guy. He's the visionary guy over there. Uh, diversifying the company. Um, so it's worked well. We work well hand in hand together. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, I, I was filling Roger's shoes as a salesperson. Let me tell you, them were some big shoes Talk at about the Roger age of 20 some years old. Uh, my dad, man, he's, he's been a great role model for myself, for all of us um, in, in the business. But uh, he was just up here this week. He was up this week. He came up, he joined the Grand Farm announcement. Um, so that was fun to have him on, on site out there. But um, you know, he, he wants to retire. You know, that's obviously everybody's goals. Want to retire. Will he ever retire? I always say no. If he loves work. He loves this. He loves right. this. He's probably not worked you a know. day of his life if he loves what he does. He right? loves me. You know, he's, he, he says no different than myself. I mean, I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing. I tell guys, you know, the day that I wake up and I can never, ever get enough stories of people telling me, right, man, I grew 25 more bushels or, you know, I farmed through that thing and rolled her from one end to the other, right? Like the success stories get us all out of bed. And I mean, I tell you, I mean, I tell you people today that I get sick of hearing that. I mean, I just love it. I love hearing it. How many more tons of beets they grew or whatever that story is, you know, it's just, it's so much fun to be able to provide our customers that service. So, and then I think he's no different, you know, he just loves, he loves getting right out there. You know, we took it down. We, we opened an office down in uh, Wapiton. Okay. So yeah, we got just, a, uh, a location yeah. down there. We're kind of using this new we're opening these satellite offices, um, help support our sales staff, also uh, support the community and, and try and drive um, some of the, um, hopefully some of the hiring, right, to hire mm-hmm. local. So um, the initiative, that's kind of the initiative behind that. But yeah, we had a ribbon cutting and he was in town for that as well. So that was fun to have him in town for that. And I uh, see, you know, he loves I think to that's see the it. picture behind us right there. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. So Perfectly timed. But, yeah, there we go. So yeah, but my, my brother, you know, like I said, he resides down in Southern Minnesota and, uh, um, he's a CEO of the company, so he's got his hands full every day in and day out. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty blessed up here. We're working on handing some things off and trying to work on the business instead of in the business every day. So yeah, it'd be hard to do both well. It is hard to do both well. And that's just it. So yeah, I've been, been a lot of time on the road traveling, you know, I got a tile plow in California. I've been spearheading all that out there and, uh, take care of all the national stuff. Maybe the, that's our story, our good story for the unique tile job. There, well, yeah. What are they tiling out there? So they're developing orchards out there. We're okay. tiling outside of Stockton. Um, there's a big uh, flat area out there that's actually at or below sea level. Uh, okay. it's, it's very unique. Um, Is that I, what we're talking about at Detroit Lakes, that area that had water with Paul, our friend Paul Niefer? 
He said, there's, or was that in Washington? He goes, there's this area of Washington. And you and your dad are like, oh, I've been up there. That's yeah, it crazy. Could be. It could be. Yeah. That they had like a permit for water and then they pulled their permit and they were instantly out of business or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's happening. And yeah, that happens out, you know, in California, obviously, water. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. This area is obviously has old water rights. So that's why okay. it's, it's booming, right? They're taking things out of row crop and they're, you know, putting in trees, planting almonds, um, walnuts. Pistachios, pistachios, olives, a lot of olives out there too. But um, it, it's cool. I tell people if you travel out there, it's going to be the closest thing you're ever going to get it to, um, you know, one of the seven wonders of the world over in, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, Holland. Holland. The, okay. And I've been there. I've been to Holland. I've, I've been blessed enough to go over and see it. But um, where the channels are, the water's running above you, right? This is the oh. same thing. They're sailing ships up these big channels that out there. That you're looking up? At water and your yeah. ground's down full blown rivers above you. Yeah, you'll be twenty five feet below that channel wow. of water. So um I tell people it's as close as they'll get to going to Holland and, and seeing seeing Holland at, you know, being Yeah, those boys level, know so. how to move uh water. They do. So so yeah, that you know, I'll tell you yeah, we'll we'll use that. Probably one of the coolest things we've done and we, we made a little video of it. I it's obviously not public, but um we tiled a, an almond orchard, so that was really a cool experience. You know, this guy's trees were dying. So like I never put tile in beforehand. He's like, I need to put tile in. So yeah, we had to, uh, you know, we had the tools to run the onboard reel and, and string it off. It was very challenging. There was water lines out there we had to dig up, cut. But then we got some really cool footage of tiling through uh, blooming, blossoming almond trees. And it so went it was well, pretty I bet. cool. Yeah, was you guys cool. aren't scared to try new things. I like that. No, I'd say one of the other coolest jobs we did was um, no, there up, you go. up by. Uh, one of our one of our growers let us tile her through his potatoes, and he okay. just left a what did he leave a ten foot wide unplanted strip right where our tile lines went, and then we got to go in there in the middle of summer and tile it. So that was really cool. You know, he wanted to get it done. He says, "I know the benefits. It's going to be great." You know, I'd rather just move the maker somewhere else. And he left a little strip, and it was a win win. Yeah. So we got some pretty cool uh, footage of that too, tiling through that. Yeah. Well. So. We can go on and on and on, but I don't want to take any more we time could. from your daughter. Yeah, it's all Anything good. you want to finish or anything that we talked about that you're like, you know what, I was thinking about something. Sometimes when we do this, we have a plan for what we're going to talk about, and then all of a sudden the lights start going on. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. There's obviously, you know, maybe we'll come back and be a guest again. You know, That'd be great. Lot, there's we, lots of stuff to talk about. We have to, to order about, more chairs. So. Yeah. Uh, we have plenty of mics and stuff, <laughs> but we have to get the whole chair thing uh, yeah. down. But I'm going to yeah. get that flag out on a crew, and I'm going to fly that thing. And I would appreciate that, we'll, yeah. We'll get that picture taken We'll post for it, and yeah. uh, we'll do this again. We'd love to have your brother, your dad, and uh, yeah, uh, the good folks at the water table. And uh, how do people get a hold of you? I, I look at your Facebook page. Yeah. You know, obviously, you can find us at ellingsoncompanies.com. So you get to there, you can get to anywhere. So yeah, the link's at the bottom. Click this uh, and that. But, uh, we're linked up everywhere. Last Just funny like you. story, you and, I, uh, you and I and your father were at uh, Detroit Lakes, and we're at a a bar. What's the name of that bar at the Holiday Inn? Uh, beach Club? Beach yeah, Bar beach or something? Club. Yeah. And a bunch of people came back from another place and they had been out a little bit and they looked at you and your dad and they said, who do you guys work for? And <laughs> go, oh, we just work for Ellingson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they just, they looked right over it. They never asked your name or anything. I'm just, who do you guys work for? It's a good place. Yeah, what do you guys, yeah. Uh, that was it. And I'm looking going... <laughs> Man, you should have asked them their name. <laughs> we had, they had your undivided attention, Roger, yourself, and yeah. myself. And I'm like, like, yeah, 
but they wouldn't know, right? Yeah, it's all good. You no, know, you asked, you asked about Roger. Yeah, I mean, humble's a great way oh. to, I mean, my dad's one of the most humble people you've ever met. And he just, yeah, like I said, and I think it's rubbed off on myself. You know, it's all good. You know? Yeah, it's good stuff. We try to fly under the radar a little bit, Tommy. Oh, I like it. You're, you're, you're helping so. people and I'm seeing it. And from my own selfish perspective, I can do a lot better job helping people with markets if they have the bushels. Mm -hmm. I can't market PP. I can't market government payments. What's done's done if you don't grow it. But right. in this world, this, uh, the few years before in the next few years are make it, break it for a multi, you know, decade or a generational yeah. wealth effect. And, uh, that's right. It's really important to have your ducks in order and keep educating people. I got to keep educating people. And I, you know, we'll, it would, I think originally when we met, we we're going to do meetings together. Like you talk markets, we'll talk tile. And then the world just got goofy yeah. and we never got to that. Button. It did get goofy. Yeah. We'll get back there. Well, we're going to get back there. One flag at a time. That's right. Well, thank you, uh, Derek Spike Ellingson <laughs> Thanks, from Ellingson Drain Tile. We'll do this again sometime. Yeah. Sounds great. My name's Tommy Grisafi. And I'm bullish agriculture. <laughs> <laughs>